Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today's guest co-host is a friend of mine. He started with nothing. His parents immigrated to the United States when he was only two years old, and his parents were in their early 40s. And it wasn't even the first time they'd moved. They were starting over again to create the American dream. There were a lot of struggles for the family, and his mom actually passed away when he was seven. But his story is an amazing one, and I'll bring him on in a minute, as this is part three of four of the series. In episode one of four, we already talked about the article, Bringing Older Americans Back into the Mix. And in article two of four, we talked about why older men should lift weights. Rocky himself is a weightlifter, and I have to tell you, after our discussion, I took a second look at our gym. I also discussed getting a personal trainer with my husband. My community has a special where you can meet four times with a personal trainer for a hundred bucks. I'm planning on signing up and using those four sessions to learn how to properly lift weights. Once I get over the fear of lifting incorrectly off my plate, I'll be able to lift weights all on my own and not have to worry. Plus, it'll be a lot cheaper because I won't have to pay. This week's episode will be about the five steps to an awesome retirement. If you heard the last two episodes of the Rocky Retirement Show, then you know that I am talking about Rocky Lalvani, the host of the Richer Souls podcast. But before I bring him on, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you are signing up for Medicare because you are turning 65, you know how confusing it can be. You're probably already getting that four-inch stack of Medicare mail. But don't worry, this step-by-step guide is absolutely free and will help you easily make the transition into Medicare. Get it free at medicarequick.com slash checklist and best yet, I'm the founder of Medicare Quick, and I love to personally help you with your Medicare. So Rocky, thanks for co-hosting again, and I'm so excited to discuss this next article with you. Thank you so much, Kathy. I am so excited to be back. Yes, yes, it's good. So let's talk about this. What did you want to say to start out the conversation? Well, so I think the first step that they talked about was don't call it retirement. I mean, if you think about the word retirement, it's kind of to retire, to put out to pasture. Exactly. You know, it doesn't sound too good, does it? Just like senior citizen. Who came up with that word? I mean, come on. So they talk about the three steps. You know, you have your childhood, then we have our adulthood. And so now they talk about elderhood in it's a a different part of life and a new part of life. And we need to, I guess, focus a little bit more on elderhood. When do you get to become an elder? You know, I think elderhood is probably the point in life where you get to do what you want. You know, your kids are no longer your responsibility. You don't have to go to work anymore. Not to say you don't work, but you no longer have to do things. I think elderhood's the point in time in life where you get to choose everything and you have that flexibility. And that's what they talk about. It's knowing yourself 
knowing your values, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, and then saying, I'm going to live my life in congruence with that and be purposeful and happy and maybe create my legacy or give back or, and maybe you continue to work, but it is whatever you choose it to be and you have the freedom to do so. You know, I think all of us are sort of redefining retirement right now because you and I know that there are some really young people who are quote unquote retiring, but in a different kind of way. I think I said in the last, I think we talked a little bit about the fire movement in our last episode. I just think that's amazing that these 30 something and 40 somethings are financially able to retire, but they still want to give back to society. Some of them work for money. Some of them work for passion. And basically that's kind of what step one is talking about. It retirement isn't really the right word for any of us, regardless of how old we are, correct? Absolutely. I think it's it's retiring from obligation, nothing else. Oh. You know? No more obligations. <laughs> I love that. That is so perfect. I think I'm going to steal that from you. I'm retiring from obligations. I just love how that sounds. Did you see the action the action plan that they said? I'm going to go ahead and read it if that's okay with you. Yeah, go ahead. Number one, develop a personal vision statement. This conveys some aspect of the world, society, or your local community as you would like it to be or as you envision it. I love that. That um, sort of correlates with, you know, where you would want to spend your time. This next one is develop a personal mission statement. Think of it as a two to three sentence summation of how you hope to realize your vision. Identify your knowledge, skills, and ability. These are the things that you're good at, your talents, your ex expertise, or your gift. And you use them to help meet a need that you care about. So for example, here in South Carolina, where I live, I just found out that the school system, did we talk about the school system in our last meeting? I think we might have. Oh my gosh, on. I found out how awful it was. So, so for example, my vision statement might be to, to, envision a society where everybody has equal footing on how to get their education. My mission statement might be, I will either volunteer myself or recruit volunteers to work in the schools. And then my knowledge, skills, and abilities would be my ability to connect with young people. And then the last one is set realistic goals. So as a former big sister in the big sister program, I know that you can't ex you, you can't expect to see dramatic change in one year. That's just not going to happen. So I love this action plan that they have. So what step? Oh, this is funny. I'm looking at step two. What's step two? <laughs> so step two is to get your Medicare insurance right. So I guess it really depends. And you know, if you're below sixty five, you're going to have to figure out health care. And if you're 65 or older and you're eligible for Medicare, you have to figure out Medicare. And I'm, I come at this from a very different side than you do. I know you're on the insurance side, but I've spent my career kind of on the other side of that. What's and the other I, side? The, the using insurance side or? <laughs> the using, yes. Using up all the insurance side. And I, I don't think people realize how much Medicare is changing right now, how much they're going to start restricting what you can and can't get 
and how much your choice of a Medicare plan, whether it be an Advantage plan or a Medigap plan, is dramatically going to affect what you're eligible for when it comes to health care. And let's face it, we're buying insurance not because we're healthy. We're buying insurance for catastrophe. When we have cancer or something goes horribly wrong and we need the care. And I think too often when people go shopping for insurance, they shop for premium. They don't bother to say when things go really, really wrong, who's going to protect me the best? And I think you need to balance those two areas out because in the past you had the the ability to switch around with Medicare, but now it's becoming harder and harder to get the best that Medicare has to offer, especially if you become sick um, and as they continue to cut benefits. Yes, I completely agree. You you are so right on, Rocky. I mean, that's one of the reasons that in in my checklist, the one that I advertise at the beginning of the show, one of the steps is to watch a 15, 20-minute video that I created that explains what your costs would be if all you had was original Medicare, the pros and cons of Medicare Advantage, and the pros and cons of Medicare Supplement, also known as Medigap. It's completely unbiased. And you would not believe the amount of people that sell Medicare that are completely biased, which is one of the reasons why I, when I left full-time financial advising, I decided to do this as my life passion because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And you're right. The government is trying to save money. And so they are, they are trying to offload their responsibilities. And I don't want to get into a political conversation here. And I don't want, I don't want the listener to hear my own biases. The video is completely 100% unbiased. And and by the way, listener, I did not pay Rocky to include the Medicare part <laughs> in this conversation. But if you do want to just see what the differences are between Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement, you can go to medicarequick.com slash MMD. That's Mary Mary David. It stands for Making Medicare Decisions. And that'll take you straight to the video, no sign up uh, required. But you should do your research, definitely, on Medicare. Absolutely. And I will say, I don't think it matters which political party is in charge. They're both out to screw you when it comes to this. (laughs) Uh, And you can argue one is better than the other, but this has been going on for a long time and it's been going on under multiple administrations on both sides of the aisle. The cost of elder care as far as health insurance has skyrocketed and they're going to rein it in. Well, Rocky, we're not supposed to live this long. Okay. I just, I have some statistics here. Let let me get a statistic because I was talking about this with another guest. When social security, now this is before Medicare because Medicare didn't start until 1965. When social security started, the life expectancy for a male was just under 54 years. Oh, wait, no. Social Security started, uh, let's see here. I don't have the dates it started, so I'll just give you the date. In 1940, 
the average life expectancy for males, the percentage of population surviving from age 21 to age 65 was 53.9 and females was 60.6. At that point, the remaining life expectancy for males was 12.7 years and females was 14.7 years. And now in, they stopped this table in 1990. And at that time, it was 72.3 for males and 83.6 for females. And so we're just living too long. We don't have the money to uh, to live this long. That's why people really do need to cut their expenses and, you know, maybe not frivolous, frivolously waste money on things they don't really care about and spend money on things that they really care about and make sure you have money because Medicare... The, uh, the drug portion of Medicare is where I see, as a Medicare agent, I see people spending a lot of money. I have more than one client who's spending over $10,000 a year just on their portion of the drugs. And I don't think people are prepared for that. No, I, I, they aren't, and nor do they bother to ask the right questions to say, is there a cheaper way to get a drug or is there a cheaper drug to use? And then the other half of that, and we've dealt with it quite a bit with our elderly parents is when you go into the hospital and you come out and you have to go into rehab, it is absolutely right. <laughs> amazing how you always seem to be cured on the last day of rehab when insurance will no longer pay for your rehab Exactly under the standard plans. And my dad was lucky. He had extended rehab and then all of a sudden they were, oh, you can stay. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's- it's tragic. They will discharge you from rehab regardless of whether you are ready to come home or not. I hear that over and over again. And, you know, certain plans, I, I get a lot of referrals from people who work with seniors. And I hear over and over again from home health companies, home health is who takes care of you after rehab. Okay. And over and over, I hear when they're on a particular type of plan, and I'm not going to tell you what type, you can watch the video yourself, but the, the patient needs 14 home health visit, visits and the insurance company only authorized three. This happens over and over again, and it just, it just makes me so frustrated knowing that our health is at stake and yet somebody, some bean counter is telling us that we, and these aren't doctors, <laughs> a bean counter is telling us that we can't get our care. So anyway, we could spend the whole episode on that. What is step three, Rocky? So step three is creating a team and it's a team for your health and a team for your money. And so you should, I think, have people on your side on both sides of that. And I think a big part of that team are probably the people who are going to be there to help you. So it may be your spouse and it very well may be your children. I can't tell you how many times kids and adults are not having open, honest discussions about what is it that you want and how are we going to pay for all of this? And, and what do you want kind of your legacy and money towards your kids to be? And I think the kids should be aware of all of these these types of decisions. I just read something that was shocking the other day, and I didn't realize this was possible. What happened? It turns out that if you go into a nursing home or if you have extended health care, 
and you are not on Medicaid, meaning public you don't assistance. have any money. Yeah, public assistance. They actually have the right to, to go after the kids for your health care and the cost of your health care. I think it depends I, on what state you're in. It, it does. But there are quite a few states that allow them to go after the kid, even if the kid doesn't talk to the parents anymore. They still have the right to go after the kid for the health care. What if the kid doesn't even live in the same state as the parent? It doesn't matter. It goes by the, the law of where the parent lives. That's why you have to make sure you as the parent aren't living somewhere that they're going to stick it to your kid. Hmm, I'll have to double check. You know, I'll have to just look into that. Rocky, um, send me a link to that article and I'll make sure I include it in the show notes because I was unaware of that. I don't know about you, but I don't feel responsible to pay for my my parents' long-term care needs. Unless, now there is a, there is a uh, unless, and that is if my parents were trying to get out of paying it themselves and so they transferred all their assets to me. That I don't think is morally right. That's just my own moral, you know, I don't think that that people who have millions and millions of dollars should go on Medicaid and give all their assets to their kids. I, I just, I don't think that's personal. Personally, I don't think it's right. And I think that if they have the money, they should be paying it, not me as a taxpayer. And there are considerable rules about that. And you should also be aware of it. And those yeah. are conversations that you need to have and be aware of with your With your kids. family so that you mm -hmm. can. And I mean, there are people that don't even have these conversations with their spouse. So the spouse, they don't even, no one ever talks about these things. And I'm with you. I think people need to talk about these. Now, as far as your health team, over and over again, again, I get, I get referred by people who work with elderly and one of the things that happens is somebody needs to change their insurance because their current insurance isn't working for them. The kids want to help, but mom and dad have dementia and they never signed over a power of attorney. It's almost impossible to make changes for your parents if you don't have a power of attorney on file. And people don't realize that when you sign a power of attorney, it doesn't have to be, well, I'm signing over everything right now. You know, it can be a certain type of power of attorney that only kicks in when a couple of doctors say that you can no longer make decisions for yourself. So my husband and I did that when we first got married. We, we did our whole, you know, power of attorneys and estate plans and all of it. And you need to update them because, you know, if you made them... 30 years ago and you left the kids to somebody, they, they might not leave, uh, <laughs> need that anymore. Exactly. So update your rules and, and make sure they're compliant with the latest laws and all of that. But I think it's the conversations and make sure you have people you trust who are looking after your money. Cause exactly. it's and your health and your health and your health both. So the next one, figure out where to live. You know, my husband and I have just got through <laughs> part of this. What do you think about this one? So I, I think that's important. You know, I, I up until recently, I always thought I'd kind of live where we live now. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to die in this house. I'm perfect here. But now it's like, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe we'll change. I think a big part of that is where are the kids? As you get older, it, it's funny. I, I seem to be less tolerant of 
cold. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so <I'm with> you. <laughs> climb in. But I think you need to pick a place where that it's vibrant, where you have things you can do, where you have friends, where you have family, where you can enjoy and live life. And I think one of the greatest things that's going to come about is I'm no longer worried about transportation in the future because I can just call an Uber. Right. So even if I can't drive, you know, if I'm in an area where things are close enough, I don't need a car. All right, take my license. I'm taking Uber. Someone will pick me up, drop me off. I'll go have fun. Wait a minute. By then, they're going to have the cars that you just talked to and they they just go. There won't be people driving. There'll be the automated Uber. You won't even need a car. You'll just punch in an app and say, pick me up, drop me off, and a car will appear and off you go. Yeah. You know that I don't have a car anymore. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. When I moved here, I sold my car that I had in San Diego because I thought it would get more money in San Diego. And I didn't think I'd need a car. So all I have here is a uh, golf cart. So today, so I'm still unpacking. It's been, what, a month and a half and I'm still unpacking. I found this sheet of, um, have you ever seen the bullet holes on people's cars? The little stickers that look like bullet holes? So I found a sheet of those that I'd been saving. I don't know why I've been saving them. So I put them on my golf cart. So now my golf cart looks like a a gangster cart. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to call it the gangster cart. I'm going to write this down. I got the gangster cart. (laughs) I'm writing that down. Um, But yeah, so this um, number four says figure out where to live. And one of the things that they talk about is house sitting. And you know I love Love, 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 trustedhousesitters.com. Have you have you ever done that? I haven't. I think you mentioned that last time as well, but yeah. I have not done that. When I go to San Diego, um, do you know who Pat Flynn is? I do. I know Pat. So he's having his Flynn con. For, for the listener, Pat Flynn is sort of an internet guru. He got laid off in 2008 from an architecture job and so started selling an architecture class online and became a gazillionaire. So he's having a uh, he's having a conference in July, and I'm going to go back there and see all my friends and go see him. When I was living in San Diego, I used to go to his monthly meetup. Such a nice guy. He does this monthly meetup for just regular people and doesn't charge for it. And this is a guy who could literally command, you know, ten thousand dollars probably an hour or something. So anyway, one of the things uh, when I'm going back to San Diego, I got house sitters for my house here. And it's in the middle of July in South Carolina. It's very hot here. I had the listing up for like two, one or two days. I got over, I got like 20 applications. And then I emailed everybody. I, you know, I did a mass whatever response. And I said, I just want you to know that, you know, it's hot here. It's I, I used the word tropical. <laughs> said it's very tropical here. Average temperature is this. And, you know, are you sure you want to want to come? Ten people responded and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know how hot it is. We want it. So I interviewed three people and picked somebody. So I won't have to pay 350 bucks or 500 or whatever it's going to cost to. It's $50 a day for 10 days. So it'd be five. right? Rocky, did I do that math? You're the math whiz. Um, So I'm saving $500 by having house sitters come in. And then I also house sit as well. And I just, 
I just love it. Oh, and by the way, listener, if you are interested in this uh, program, go to rockyourretirement.com slash THS. Now, if you do that, you will get 25% off. So it'll be under $100 and I'll get two months added to my membership. Now, if you use that link and then click somewhere else, I won't get credit. So just keep that in mind. If you really want to help me out, (laughs) go directly through that link. But Rocky, I have to tell you, I love it. Love, love, love saving money. I just, I don't know why. It just gives me a little thrill. And so you're saving money on both both sides with this trusted house sitter. Saving money when you let someone come stay with your dog or your cat or your gerbil or whatever you have. And you can also save money when you go on vacation. I want to go to Spain or Australia and sit for somebody's cat. See, that would be awesome. So anyway, check it out, Rocky. I will do that. Have you ever done anything on this list? House exchange? Let's see. What else are they talking about? House sitting, checking out a location for a month or two. Have you ever tried any of these? I haven't. We have done where we've rented like off of VRBO. Mm -hmm. Or I think once in the past, we also did where uh, we kind of bartered and helped somebody out with their business and they were creating a new um, bed and breakfast at one point. Oh, nice. And so we've done some things, probably not as much as we should have. We up until now, you know, with the kids and being on tight schedules, it's hard. You still have kids at home, right? I still have a son at home. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. We're getting to the end. (laughs) Hey, he might, you never know. He might be one of these, uh, what do you call it? Boomerangers. Who knows? Okay. What's step five? Because we actually are, we ran out of time. So we're going over right now. So what's number five? Make the most of your time. So live life. Just uh, enjoy it. You earned it. You're there. Go have fun. Just go enjoy life. Be purposeful. Be intentional. Do it on your terms. That is excellent advice. What are you doing right now? to make the most of your life. So I'm start, you know, I'm working a lot on my skills and part of my give back is to teach people financial and how to be better with their money, but even beyond that because there's a lot of people who make six figures who still don't have their money in control. That is so true. And so my my give back is to be able to help people financially. So in order to do that, I need to improve my writing skills. I just hired a writing coach. Oh, wow. Uh, That's cool. I need to be able to. So I'm fine on the microphone like this, but standing in front of public, in front of a room of 100 people, I still need to work on that skill. So I'm going to start doing that as well. Maybe I'll go do some. uh, They have always said. It's not comedy. It's uh, I oh, I know what you're talking about because I want to do that too. It's the thinking on your feet thing. Yes, uh, it's the thinking on your feet. What's it thing. called, listeners? <laughs> too bad this isn't live. Tell us what it's called. Uh, we'll I'll, we'll think of it. We'll put it in the show notes. So yeah, I want to go do that, and I think that'll be fun. So I just constantly improving myself and saying no to everything I don't want to do. Oh, that's so hard, isn't it? Not anymore. Well, I'm glad that you didn't say no to uh, co-hosting this with me because <laughs> that would have broke my heart. Um, yeah, I am so glad that you are here. And this has been a really fun episode. Boy, the time went by fast. So Rocky, how can people get a hold of you? What if somebody wants you to come and do a presentation in front of, say, 100 teenagers? 
<laughs> would you do that? They, I bet they're I a tough crowd. Sure. I, actually, <laughs> you know what? Because, and I have teenagers and I've spent a lot of time with my kids coaching their various sports and robotics. And I also, as part of my coaching practice, I do have, uh, I've coached some younger kids. So teenagers, you know, they're, they're getting out of high school. What do I want to do with my life? And it's, it's actually fun to coach kids at that age, because if at 18, you actually figure out your plan and you figure out your financials and you start doing it, oh, you have your whole life ahead of you. And most people aren't figuring it out at 18. So when I get a coaching client for a kid at 18, it's phenomenal. I do. I love working with kids and doing that. So, yeah, 100 kids. Not a problem. Anyway, awesome. you can find me at richersoul.com. <laughs> That's where you'll you'll see uh, the very small amount of blog posts I've written, but all of my podcast episodes are there, and you can learn a little bit more about what I do and about me. So, Rocky, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. What are we talking about next week? So next week, we are going to talk about I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead. <laughs> That is so awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And listener, we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you're a new listener... A good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August, actually August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episode starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. 
If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.